sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Shots. like. What a stop! Shots from Ben! Oh! Oh! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it, it's been, we're, be, we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's... Say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up. Okay, you're very welcome to the Friday Football Podcast. Dave McIntyre here alongside Nathan Murphy. Say hello. Hello. Jer Gilroy. How are you? No Adrian Barry today, which means I'm somehow driving things, so if if things fall apart at some stage, um, it's probably my fault. But uh, going back on the scores last week, I've been abused week in, week out for being a commentator and yet delivering weekly scores that would embarrass a three-year-old. But that has stopped. Because I was victorious last week. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. It's not a weekly competition, though, is it? Well, so there, there is no weekly prize. So it's the small wins, though. I didn't it's actually enter last week, so I, I just get the amalgamated score. We'll give you an average of something. But uh, Adrian got six. Nathan got six. The only results that let me down were Aston Villa Stoke. against Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Villa to win that game. Yeah. And the game between Norwich and Sunderland I had down as a draw. Both Adrian and Nathan had gone for a Sunderland victory. Obviously it was a big day for Norwich City. So it's a look, it's a massive weekend on the, in terms of the Premier League. There's big games all over the table aside from Newcastle Southampton which is up there with the most meaningless games in Premier League history. Uh, one of them, Southampton are Newcastle's coattails they might finish above them. Yeah, oh, they're battling really? it out for eight. It's an extra million quid. Do you want to? Will we do that now? Could be the difference between Southampton being able to keep hold of one of their England starlets yeah, and it totally is, having to sell Luke Shaw for thirty million quid. <laughs> well, well, look, we started on this game. We might as well get it out of the no, way. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Let's uh, just just to bring a bit of order to proceedings. We're going to start with our two big games on Sunday. Okay. Fulham against Everton and Liverpool against Spurs. Nathan, you are at Craven Cottage, one of the most um, one of the nicest places to watch Premier League football. Well, not this season. Well, it's, in it's terms of being a, a neutral who's popping in once or twice a season. Yeah, well, three, four weeks ago, this was looking like a game that wasn't particularly interesting and that Fulham were definitely yeah. going down and Everton, as I predicted a couple of weeks ago, were just going to fade out for the rest of the season yeah, and yeah. win one or two we're games. We're the only one, to be fair. Uh, whereas now, if Arsenal were to lose on Saturday evening against Manchester City, which is not beyond the realms of possibility, it's, Ever- in, it's in Everton's own hands. Which is unbelievable at this stage, that Everton went out, they, win the, they finish fourth it's and incredible. win the Champions League place. I still think Everton may struggle to finish above Arsenal. There's been a, without getting too much into Arsenal, there's been a lot said about them over the past week and they are still in fourth position. They've had a tough time of it. But Everton at home are brilliant. Away from home, this is the type of game at this stage of the season that you could just slip up, that Fulham Fulham are in serious, serious trouble. Like a lot of the teams down the bottom, they just don't have anyone who can score goals at the moment. Uh, And they've got a huge amount of injuries. I was looking at their defence, actually. You got Jarnan Arisa, Breda Hangeland, uh, Sasha Reether, uh, Amoribieta suspended, but all these guys in their 30s, really, really slow. Fair chance that Johnny Hiding against his old club will be marking Romelu Lukaku this yeah. Saturday. So Johnny Hiding in his 30s as decent well. Decent recipe from a Fulham point of view. They were all very good defenders in their time, yeah. but they're all five, six years past their peak. In fact, bizarrely, Jarnan Arisa and Breda Hangeland are probably two of the better scoring defenders you would think in the Premier League. Over the years, not this season. Neither though. of them have scored in the past three seasons. No way, in the last three seasons. 
which is quite bizarre. Guess who's done his research ahead right, of, him, ahead of his in, commentary trying to game? the boss, you know. <laughs> Four wins in a row, Jer, for Everton. That's the first time they've managed it in six years. They're going for their fifth against the bottom club. We had an argument at the football show the other night about David Moyes being a very good manager. He, he was a, he was absolutely a very good manager at Everton. Was the rebuttal? Like, well, hang on a second. Let's just you know, can we revisit here what he did? And the best argument about what uh, he did was the fact that there was that one season where they qualified for the Champions League a long, long time ago. Ten years ago this year. A long, 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 long time ago that they completely failed to build on. And here in his first season, Roberto Martinez has his team in with a shout with six games left to go. A genuine shout of finishing fourth. I just don't think Moyes is a good manager. I'm, I'm really just well, using Martinez this has as an a style. Point Martinez sport. went into Everton and said, "This is how I want my team to play." He went out. He didn't have any money. He got players on loan to fit that style of play. Gareth Barry, people might have thought, "Well, oh, he's not really a Martinez type of player. He's just sits there in the middle of midfield." That's exactly what Martinez just wants him to do: sit there all game. You're my 150 pass guy. Yeah. Short little five yard passes. Big powerful striker. Break at speed. And obviously he's Seamus Coleman. We just see what he's done with him. He's just transformed him. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that they have a chance and I think they're probably going to win this game. One win in the last 11 games for Fulham. Very difficult to see them beating Everton. Even maybe taking a point from the game. Well, there's been some weird performances even when they... In that first half, Cardiff last week against Liverpool were actually semi-decent. Now, I don't know if the same automatically transfers to Fulham because they're a team in a similar situation. Well, they did very well against Liverpool as well. Fulham, remember. They they led the game for the majority of it. They did okay against Man United. I just wonder where the goals are going to come from for Fulham on Sunday. Darren Bent, maybe. He's got four in his last six games against Everton. Well, they've been playing this guy, Casey Woodrow, who is a youngster with... He's not even one of these guys who was playing for the under-21s and scoring record-breaking amounts of goals. But Felix McGath just came in and said, right, I need something different up front. You're 19 see what you can do. He's played the start of the last three games. He hasn't scored. He hasn't really done a huge amount. Darren Bent is on the bench. And obviously they've got this guy, Mitroglou, who they spent 11 million quid on, was scoring goals for fun at Olympiacos and hasn't even played. What is it? Two two games so far after 11 million quid. So unless he can come back this weekend and hit the ground running. It's... did you Were you aware of the fact that you must have been, given that you're doing this game on off the ball on Sunday, that Mohamedou Diara is back at the club, rejoined the club this week, yeah, just I, this that week. completely bypassed me. I hadn't heard about that. But it only happened on Wednesday, so. <laughs> He's a player who was at one stage. He was one of the most sought after centre midfielders in, in Europe. Well, Real Madrid a couple paid of really bad knee twenty six million quid to Leon yeah. for him, but that's eight years ago. And he's another over the hill central midfielder that have Fulham are now pinning their their hopes on. The other major, well, not major, but interesting aspect of this game is that Andre Mariner's in charge, and he hasn't been stood down at all after his Kieran Gibbs slash. Oxlade Chamberlain episode. I d- like look honestly. Is uh, at a wedding last weekend? Didn't see the incident. Didn't see any of the replays. But the best description I heard of it was that it wasn't his decision. He was told there was a handball on the line and decided that well, it's probably going to be the left back on the line. At that stage, you get the red card, um, and so that it wasn't actually he's in any way yep. colour blind or any of that kind of other. No, it was a, it was a st- it was a clumsy assumption that was made. A positional assumption, which I mean, is is almost it, incomprehensible. I, I don't so much as blame Mariner as blame well, the, the three other officials. Team. That there was a good two three minutes there while they were trying to sort this out. That nobody said it was Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah. That none of the other officials who had seen it, whoever told them in his ear, it's a penalty, mm. was the person who should have said this was the guy who handled it. Yeah, and referees have a lot going on with twenty two people trying to cheat them. 
perpetually. So yeah, all the blame wasn't mistake. on Undermarner's shoulders, but he certainly didn't come out of the game with a huge amount of credit. If anything, Arsenal are the only victors from it because nobody has to serve a suspension. So they were lucky in the end that they got the wrong man. Um, so let's look at this one, lads. Fulham Everton. I think we're all going for three Everton victories, are we? Or never? Yeah, 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 yeah. The three of us, Grant. Okay, moving right. on to our second game. Just to mention, we have um, Keith Andrews on COCOM and we're letting him loose with some recording equipment mm. Yeah, Damien uh, Duff beforehand. Going to meet up with Damien Duff uh, about midday at Craven Cottage and uh, two of them are going to sit down. Obviously, it's an interesting time for Damien Duff. He's out of contract in the summer. He's injured at the moment, so he's not going to play for Fulham again. It's a bit of speculation. He's always said he wanted to come back to the League of Ireland. There is a bit of speculation that he may well do it this summer, but... Uh, Hopefully, I'm sure he'll be pretty relaxed chatting to his former teammate, Keith. Might so we should get slip. some get some good stuff out of Damien on a... We managed to goad Conor McGregor by asking him 25 times last night into telling us who his next opponent is slated to be, which, funny enough, hasn't been picked up by the uh, various MMA blogs. Um, but that's it. The, the key is do it once. Ha ha, this is funny. And then bore them into submission. So just keep asking Damien. That is the advice I would give to Keith Andrews. Yeah. Just keep asking. Don't take... Do <laughs> the advice we have from Jerry is just bore them into submission. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. That's broadcasting gold right there. So Keith will be doing that. And so that's something to look forward to. And that's the first game. Fulham Everton kicks off at half one. And then I'll be at Anfield. I think I'm at Anfield pretty much every week. Merseyside pretty much every week over the next six weeks. I'm at Gunnison Park two occasions, including that huge game between Everton and Arsenal next weekend. We've got Liverpool Tottenham on Sunday afternoon. And it's another former Irish legend, Kevin Kilban, who's alongside me. This is a game where maybe six weeks ago, Jer, you would have thought it is just the juiciest game. One of those real juicy games coming towards the end ah, of the season. I never, I didn't is buy, it now? I didn't buy any of the Spurs performances this season at all at any point. Even when... I, I did get caught out in the middle of one of the Europa League games uh, against was it one of the Russian sides? Dnipro. Yeah, where I thought that they were going out, and then they managed to somebody stupidly got sent off and changed the course of that game. But even then, when they were roaring back and scoring three goals in fifteen minutes, I still wasn't convinced by this Spurs team, and I'm certainly not convinced by the team that went two 0 down last week and flew to three two win. Yeah, this is four three written all over it. Or because 7-2? Or se- yeah, that <laughs> something with Tim Sherwood, he, he just does not learn his lesson. I couldn't believe, I was at White Hart Lane for the last two weeks. Arsenal, every single time they got the ball in the first half, over the top, loads of space. So you're thinking Tim Sherwood sits down, watches the video, got to sort that out against Southampton. No, first half, Southampton, ball over the top, Southampton player in loads of space. He just, it's bizarre. He did change it at halftime. He did totally, in fairness to him, he's getting a bit of credit from the people I heard who were at the game um, saying that there was, the comeback wasn't a complete fluke. Maybe I was a bit harsh there. No, they were so poor in the first half. He brought on Sigurdsson, took off uh, Sandra, who wasn't clearly wasn't fit. Um, and that did. They obviously got the goal 40 seconds into the second half. But I just think with Sherwood, it's, it's, he's done irreparable damage to young English managers that it's such an excuse it's going to be so easy now for owners to just go no 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 but the defending that led to those three goals are the in fact all how many goals were in the first half it was three in the first half the defending on each of those three goals for both teams was just oh it was just mistake after mistake I couldn't understand I think I said something and tweeted something is there a single defender that can concentrate for more than two minutes at Whitehart Lane this (laughs) afternoon it was unbelievable to watch Southampton were missing their two central midfielders who do the tackling running these were long balls over the top yeah, I think actually the sun might have been in his eyes for the first one it just went the ball just went straight over his head and Rodriguez got in uh, Nathaniel Klein I think tried to control the ball it, on the, fo- on the, six, on yard the six yard box and, and was it Danny Rose that completely miscontrolled uh, uh, Kyle Norton again for the second one it was, it was incredible to watch but they did come back to win the game 
only Manchester United have a better away record than Tottenham in the Premier League this season. Yeah, Manchester United's away record is unbelievable. I know, they're top of the table. 30 points. They're one clear of Tottenham, who could go to Liverpool this weekend and reignite everything. Despite the fact that, I, obviously, we love these kind of stats when we're preparing for games like this. Six of their last 70 league games at Anfield they've won. Yeah, so Liverpool win for me. Yeah. With goals galore from yes. both teams and something like a 5-2 or a 5-3. Yeah. I can't really disagree with any of those. I think we're all going to have to go with a Liverpool victory. What is the explanation for Manchester United's away form being superior to every other team in the league? That when they have to set the tempo at home and going back to having a style of play that at Old Trafford, this is how we play. We control the game from the first minute to the mm. last. They don't have that. You just do not know what you're going to get when United turn up at Old Trafford. Moyes changes his formation every single week. So Change. why haven't they taken the best of their away performances? For example, their last three away victories have been at West Bromwich Albion against West Ham. And three weeks before that first one, they beat Aston Villa 3-0. They were all hugely impressive performances. They dominated each of those games and I cannot understand how they can't even begin to replicate that at Old Trafford. Because there's so much, when they're away from home, there's a lot more space because the home team attacks. Whereas when teams go to Old Trafford, they just sit back. And we never see this with United. We never see Rooney, Van Persie, Mata. I know Van Persie's injured now, but you never saw the three of them close together like you see with Suarez and Sturridge and this intricate little passing. You never see that with United at home. It's long ball, crosses in from the side. So they can't pick pick defences apart at the moment. Rooney is too deep a lot of the time when Van Persie's there. So I think it's just down to they literally don't have the passing ability to unlock a defence that most teams going to Old Trafford just sit there, sit on the edge of their own area and United don't have the talent to, or the wherewithal under David Moyes. To, well, to sort it this victory last season saw United win the title with that wonderful volley from Robin Van Persie against Aston Villa he got a hat-trick that day he did. it was a brilliant performance and obviously that meant they were champions again but they looked an awful lot more balanced against West Ham last weekend Rooney up top on his own Mata in behind him no Van Persie seems to be a blessing in disguise and you're thinking that maybe not quite turning a corner as Sky and David Moyes wanted to paint it but certainly heading into the, vi- the City game there was more about them and then City just destroy any, any inkling that there's something brewing. Nothing annoys me more when I watch Manchester United than seeing Wayne Rooney back-tackling midway inside his own half. I don't care if he works hard and, oh, this is, this is what you want to see from a guy you're paying 300 grand a week. You don't, I don't want to see Messi or Ronaldo doing this. If I'm paying him 300 grand a week, I want to see him scoring 30 goals a season. I don't want to see him doing what Michael Carrick should be doing well, or what Darren Fletcher or Cleverly. for the fans? Ah, no, I they think... see him really trying, covering every blade of grass. Well, sorry, when he's not playing as at the tip of the team as the out-and-out striker, if he's doing it at that point, then that's stupid. But if he is actually supposed to be back and helping out the defence and trying to start and get a bit of momentum going, I can see why he gets sucked into doing it, because Carrick is incapable of driving the team forward. Whoever is playing as alongside Fellaini, Carrick... As, are clever, as is Cleverly. Yeah, exactly. Those, those it would be fine if it was all 20 yards further up. It's very difficult to create anything from midway inside your own half, anything that is going to do any damage to the opposition defence. Well, you see, maybe he feels he can break at pace, and the only way to do that is to come back, bring the ball, and, and bring these people with him and show them where the game is supposed to be played. I, I do feel a little bit of sympathy for Rooney, who has decided to commit to this shitbox like it's an absolute disaster sympathy for the man who signed a bumper contract that takes him way past the sell by date but the money is like he would have got that money anywhere 
Would he though? Surely, yeah, if Chelsea, there were Chelsea options, would have paid I'm not sure grand. they would have. Well, he would have got, he would have got two hundred grand. Yeah, so, so he was not going to get this money anywhere else. Chelsea would definitely have paid him at least a five-year contract, three hundred grand a week. Wayne Rooney at 28 years of age. Yeah. Absolutely not. I think Chelsea would have gone close even just for the Manchester point scoring City. aspect of it to say look at we took Manchester United's greatest player not, off them. I would have Man City would have doubled that. that contract just to piss off uh, Manchester United. But anyway, regardless, I don't the sympathy thing you don't feel sympathy with him because he's rich that doesn't matter. It's like he's still a human being. That's what I'm talking about. I feel sympathy with him because he is the only one him and the hair are the only ones who are genuinely class enough to be competing at the top end of the Premier League table to be in a team that's gone out against Bayern Munich and believing that we have a chance here. Those two will believe that. Everybody else will think, uh-oh. How did we well, Rooney assigned his contract, made his bed. De Gea could well be off, particularly with the injury to Valdez. And obviously Valdez looked like he was going to be leaving the camp now anyway in the summer. I'd be amazed if Barca didn't make a move for either. Um, There's no sign of that. I was talking to Graham about the goalkeeping situation last night just as we were strolling down to the Mercantile. And what the did OB. he believe on the situation? Well, they've signed a you know, kid from Leverkusen who's 21 and there's a couple of other guys who they think that they just believe they have the talent already. Like, it's not... It's not a tendency of Barcelona to obviously they haven't had to with uh, Valdez there and doing so well for so long to invest massive amounts of money in a goalkeeper that somebody else has developed What about Villa? Which Villa team is going to turn up this weekend? The Villa team that destroyed Norwich beat Chelsea or that rolled over and died in front of Stoke? The Villa team that um, drew with Liverpool when they were brilliant and awful in the same game That's okay. what I think is going to happen How do you think this game is going to go? Draw United Ooh, Draw from Jer. And uh, both myself and Nathan, I think, are going to go for a Manchester United victory. Last word on United and Moyes for this week, Jer. Will he survive till the end of the season? And will he still be the manager in August? Uh, yeah, I think he probably will. I think yes he, and he, yes. If he makes it to the end of the season, they, they have to... What's the point in not sacking him now if you're going to sack him in the summer? No, I think barring humiliation, absolute humiliation against Bayern, he survives till the end of the season. I can't see any way he stays the in the summer. I cannot oh, really? see You think he will not be the manager way. next season? He doesn't deserve to be. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, we are moving on to... That, that's the early kickoff, by the way. The second game on Sunday we've already covered. Crystal Palace-Chelsea. What could you say about Crystal Palace-Chelsea, Jer? Palace very well organised. <laughs> difficult to uh, score against. Have... Typical Tony Pulis side. Exactly. And um, they've been muscular. Chelsea, obviously... I think I feel like they've blown this whole thing... Um, given that it was theirs to win out uh, just a week ago um, or 10 it's days ago it's not blown yet though it's still they're still top of the table they still know that City have to visit both the Emirates and Anfield yeah City will win at the Emirates easily um, Chelsea to beat Crystal Palace at Sellers Park no Marouane Schemack for Palace. This is huge news. This is massive. I think Crystal, this game's got to be tight. Crystal like, Palace haven't scored a goal from open play in over eight and a half hours. Hazard's going to score and it's going to be 1-0, but that's all. I think there's definitely the possibility Chelsea will drop points in what looks like an easy run-in, but I can't see it tomorrow. I think Palace just cannot score goals. One in their last five. It's very difficult down? to see. I... Yes, I think Crystal Palace lost nine of their first ten Premier League games. The fact that they are still outside of the bottom three I mean, and in Tony the hunt Pulis for a place potentially manager of the year is an achievement in itself. Absolutely, whether or not he's able to keep them up, it's just the question that we always ask: Are there three worse teams than Crystal Palace? Certainly, think Fulham and Cardiff are worse than than them. It all depends what Sunderland exactly. Do. What will Sunderland manage to achieve? Or the, uh, the they've been the bottom three the for for two months now. I think Sunderland. 
Cardiff and Fulham so it's we'll rattle through a couple of the other games before we finish with arguably the game of the weekend certainly on Saturday which is uh, City City's visit to Arsenal Southampton Newcastle we touched on it briefly mid-table it is 8th versus ninth, just a point between them Southampton Newcastle cannot score when Remy isn't playing and have a horrendous record when Remy isn't playing and he's not playing tomorrow why didn't Arsenal sign Remy why didn't they just spend like 10 million in the transfer window and sign him and say you're going to be our player now get out there and score some goals for us win us the title go on Loic you can like, do it they had a chance of winning the title Jay it Rodriguez. sounds ridiculous now to be talking about it but they had an actual chance of winning the title <laughs> even up until two weeks a week ago, ago they had a chance it well, before this time the last week we were game. saying this is the defining game this of Arsenal's the season um, there is this the aspect of the game with Southampton's English players the likes of uh, Shaw and Rodriguez who's unfit for this weekend actually and Lallana Lambert, who, Adam Lallana they want to get into Roy Hodgson's <laughs> England World Cup squad but I, I did, I did notice mentioning. with Lalana last week that even with five ten minutes left, when a lot of guys were just winding down the clock, you could see he just still wanted the ball yeah. at every possible it's moment. I think Newcastle have actually folded their tent. So I think that they did win last weekend. They beat and a goal for Cisse as well. After about seven or eight opportunities, they did beat Crystal Palace. Yeah, they were beaten at Fulham the match before that. So yes. away in, in front of their own crowd, Newcastle will win matches. But yeah, between well, something and must season. give. Southampton have won two other last night. So they won last weekend. Their at last home. game was midweek against Everton, and Everton oh, beat they them were lost, yeah, midweek, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, if you're if you're only as good as your last game, that does change it. Newcastle have failed to score. I stick a nine with my folded, the, folded the tent analogy, and uh, yeah, Southampton to win. I'm going for a home victory as well as is Nathan. So a clean sweep for Southampton. Stoke Hall. How do we see this one? I was at Villa Park last weekend and Stoke's yeah. performance is one of the best I've seen this season. I was listening to the commentary and I won nil and you're like, God, oh, this is finished now. Villa are going to go go and this is going to be complete. Oh, the home fans are there really enjoying this. Did I sound like Barry Davies? You sounded like somebody who was predicting a, a landslide victory for Aston Villa. So I'm like, oh, that's grand. I'll go away for half an hour. Playing come a back. team that hadn't won like, away oh, from home since August. Where did this come from? It was an astonishing performance given their form away from the Britannia. I'm blaming you and, and all the Irish Villa fans are blaming you for what happened last what week. What about Mark Hughes? Stokes' last five Premier League finishes under Pulis. 12th, 11th, 13th, 14th and 13th. They're in the top 10 now and they will, with just one more victory, go beyond their best ever Premier League points total. Mark Hughes deserves an awful lot of credit, not only for the fact that they're winning games, but they look an awful lot easier in the eye and they're still as physical as they ever were. I predicted they would go down about six or eight weeks ago and then they went on this amazing run where they started winning games. Well, look at them at home. They've beaten Chelsea, United... Arsenal and drawn with City so at home you would against presume Hull. against Hull who as we've said several times probably have one eye on the cup semi-final uh, yeah I think Stoke will win this I think we wrote Hull off this time last week I didn't I predicted they would beat West Bromwich Albion but Jer now's uh, not the time for point scoring <laughs> I did score at least one point for that Jared, do you fancy Hull to get anything from no, this game? No. Three home wins from the three of us. Okay, well, it's all very much home-centric so far this afternoon. We are moving on to another absolute belter, Swansea Norwich. Leon Britton could make his 400th appearance for Swansea. Anything to add to that, Nathan? I, I spent a lot of time a couple of years ago watching Swansea when Brendan Rodgers was there and Leon Britton was being tipped for England at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it hasn't really gone anywhere since then for Leon Britton. He still does the exact same thing in every match. Centre-back gives Leon Britton the ball. He gives it back to the centre-back on repeat. But it's a, one of the great stories, I think. I was talking to Phil Thompson about this when he did one of the, the Liverpool-Swansea game. That brilliant game, I think it was 4-3, was it? That he has come right through the, all the divisions. He played with Swansea in the fourth tier when they were on the, b- the brink of bankruptcy and he's playing in the Premier League now for three seasons. It's, it's pretty special. 
Ah, yeah. It's, uh, There's not many he play, stories he played, like that. He played in that match, which was, what was it, 10 years ago when the last day of the season and they could have been relegated to the conference. He yeah. was part of that side. And that's astonishing, really. Norwich, we keep banging, banging on about their final four games, Liverpool, United, Chelsea and Arsenal. So they probably need five points, we reckon, from their next three. Will they start this weekend? at the Liberty Stadium Swansea bottom of the form table three points from the last available 18 someone's going to win this game it definitely won't be a draw that's the thing it's just that I don't know who Swansea have meet you back a little bit of confidence from the Emirates where they should have won if the referee hadn't blown the full time whistle they could have won disgraceful piece of refereeing like by the letter of the law the referee was perfectly within his rights to blow the whistle because he had a lot at the time for the goal that had been scored he'd thrown another 63 seconds onto the four additional minutes and yet, you feel if the home team was attacking at the time, would he? Would there be any chance that he would have blown the whistle? What was the championship game last year? Was it Waterford and Kilkenny, where someone scores and the? That was right as yeah. the shot was being taken. Yeah. Kilkenny Waterford, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, it they went that game went to extra time. Late night Simple Stadium. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember who scored the point. That was it. Was it? Was it Brick? I mean, Waterford. It was loud or disallowed? No, it I think it was it was an Ockel Kenny that were on the attack. Waterford oh. had come from four points, got the last four points yeah, to so force the, referee, the draw. Yeah, the sympathy was like, ah, sure, look, they deserve the extra time. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I totally agree with that. But also, the time. It, was, it, it, it would have just been the perfect, or the imperfect end for Arsenal. This is how the story should have finished their yeah. week. Beaten in the last minute by Swansea after it, getting destroyed by, by Chelsea. For anybody who hasn't seen it, was it a 100% goal? Oh, no, well, he no, was still the, 50 was, yards from the... Yeah, he was 10 metres inside the Arsenal half, but he was clean through. Right. You know, he was goal-bound. And that's the that sort of thing where the ball gets trapped under his feet and... And then you blow the whistle. I don't you know. know, it was just an odd one. It really, I could understand how annoyed uh, Swansea were, in particular Gary Monk, because his side have taken the lead in three of the last four matches. They haven't won any of those games, and yet they haven't won a game since he took charge in the South London South Wales Derby, and they beat Cardiff. So their record is just abysmal. They could easily get relegated here. It's quite a competition between Gary Monk, Pepe Mel, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to see who can have less of an impact <laughs> at the end of the season. Worst managerial appointment of the mid-season. Who'll have the biggest impact this weekend, Hewton or Monk? Who will win this game, Jer? I'm going to go at Norwich just out of patriotic loyalty. That's the only... Swansea. So you're going for home victory. I am going to go for... I think I'll just... Just to be different, Jerry, you insisted it would not be a draw. I will go Somebody's for... going to shin one in. A draw in their own net or a 25 yard screen with well a Norwich victory you think they're pretty much safe and Swansea are really in the mess there you mentioned Pepe Mellon on a goal to Solskjaer it is West Brom Cardiff this weekend West Brom last lost at Hull last weekend Cardiff were beaten 6-3 by Liverpool Nilol. but led on both the two occasions in that game you talk about managers not having much of an impact 7 points from an available 33 for Oli since he arrived he's terrible I'm really unimpressed with him he's terrible I think he came into this job thinking Whatever happens, I won't get the blame for it. Yeah. Vincent Tan will shoulder the blame for everything if we get relegated. But this constantly talking about Manchester United, you're you're not with Manchester United. You're the Cardiff manager. You should be trying to distance yourself constantly, having a few digs at Liverpool, saying that he'd prefer Rooney and Van Persie over Suarez and Sturridge. And Don't answer those questions. Yeah, just, just, like, I'm here to talk about my team. He, uh, yeah, every, every press conference is, oh, these guys are desperate to stay in the Premier League. They, they'll do whatever it takes to stay in the Premier League, but it's did, just nonsense. Did you see the uh, conspiracy theory that Barry Glendening was writing about on um, the Guardian's football website? No, go on. The class of 92 are staging a coup to take over at... Salford United. At uh, Manchester United. And that somehow they're going to get Arab money to come in and they'll front it up and that the arrival onto the scene 
of Paul Scholes from absolutely nowhere to come and go, oh, you know, Fellaini's crap and there's no pace in this team and Maddow would be good. He's, he's picked in the right position. Uh, is like the the opening salvo in this long kind of Beckham, Giggs, Gary Neville, Paul Scholes. And is the Maybe purchase of is Salford United set to be a feeder club for What's for Manchester United? They, they, they have bought, bought Salford, Salford United, United non-league Salford United. Maybe there was just a bit of confusion. They're going to start off and see how they get on with Salford United <laughs> for six months, make them a, a, a dummy run. I think that's obviously a diversionary tactic. That's what it's like. Oh, look at our little smoke screen over here. Well, who knows? Maybe it'd be interesting. But this is something. Who even. If Moy survives or whoever's in charge next season is going to have to put up with every Liverpool manager's put up with for the last twenty years of the all the players. old boys sitting on the sidelines yeah. sniping at them up yeah. in the director's box. But Pe- maybe, you- sorry, just on the point of Solskjaer, maybe that's actually where Solskjaer kind of is part of that and thinks, well, I'll have a job at Old Trafford regardless of what happens here. And so I don't really care about these pygmies of Cardiff. Then we I'm wondering, so- can we believe anything anymore? No, we were talking about Pepe Mel there. He hasn't racked up a huge amount of points, but he certainly has made West Brom difficult to beat. They've only lost once in their last seven games at the Hawthorne they've only won one of those games but you wouldn't imagine that they will be in so much trouble at home to Cardiff that they'll lose the game I would hate to be commentating on this game I would hate to be at this game Who's the match of the day commentator I wonder if that has been ah, West Brom this you one. know it's the highest league ground in England another, so that you're thinking such boring trivia the high altitude will help Dave has brought weekend. to us in the past <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I have drawn that one out from time to time um, I think it's going to be a West Brom victory personally gentlemen nil nil oh a draw from Gilroy Away I, I victory want, I from get Nathan some Murphy. On the board. I've tried that in the past. It doesn't work. You just have to go what you think is actually going to happen as opposed to... Arsenal-Manchester City. I think it's an absolute belter. Jerry, you're shaking your head. I am, yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering, like, how how can anybody find it enjoyable to watch bullying? That's what we're going to see. We're going to see the big boy bully the little boy. And it's no fun. The good thing about City this season, and nearly all the great matches in the Premier League this season have involved City because they always let the other team play. Even on... Wednesday night against United or Tuesday night they let them back into it after they got that early mm. goal United at 20-25 minutes mm. where they had a bit of the ball yeah. United didn't have they had that matter chance things could have been different there but City always oh, it was a real chance he should have hit the target at least City always give the other team time on the ball which is probably not what you want to do against Arsenal you would presume there will have to be some sort of a backlash from Arsenal at some stage I don't I think that they're they're Unraveling like a souffle. Wenger uh, today said, collapsing. "Is six points?" Responding to uh, Paul Scholes' criticism that they're a million miles away, he just said, "Is six points a million miles?" Pretty much. They it beat is. City. They go level on points. Yeah, they're not going to beat City. City are going to beat them four nil, five one, something That's like that. That's so horribly predictable. I sure you would wish and hope that, that is not the case. That they just turn up with all their money and they just roll over this. I don't know what you can call Arsenal nowadays, but we really felt that last weekend was such a massive chance for them. And they just crumbled. Who like who is Arsenal's likely midfield? Arteta, Flamini. Well, Flamini well, has to start. Yeah, that that is. I mean, that was rule number one from Arsene Wenger not to play him. This last attitude weekend. of Wenger of we don't look at the opposition, we pick our own team for our own style of play is, as you say, just kamikaze stuff. Away to Chelsea against Manchester City. Flamini is first guy on the team sheet. Just sit there the Ox, and do the dirty work. Giroud and one more. Oh, Santi Cazorla. They yeah. just, they just, Arteta they, will play they do this tippy tappy stuff and they go 3-0 down and you just come in here for 10 minutes and stand beside me but no they can't do that well we've criticised Giroud quite a few times over the last few weeks and again against Chelsea Giroud had a chance before Chelsea got that opening goal yeah, and mm. we've said it Suarez, Aguero you only get one chance possibly in a match like that 
if you don't take it, well, you couldn't break it. Would gone quite so horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Qu- gone quite so horribly wrong. But there's just a general lack. There's too many players who are too similar. Cazorla, I'm not fully convinced by him. Talking to um, taxi driver yesterday, he was like, uh, "I actually don't think they're going to win the cup now." I said, oh, "Surely they're going to win the cup." I mean, Hull have no strikers for a start. They're best players in their team. Sonny Luco. Uh, but then, actually, as as the thought kind of dawned, I mean, well, they've just been humiliated, conceding last minute on goal against this not particularly talented, hardworking, currently at the moment Swansea team. Maybe they are completely. They do look shot, confidence-wise. They have no mental fortitude. Ramsey had a, another setback. It's only a thigh injury. He went off on, on St. Stephen's Day with a thigh injury and we haven't seen him since. I don't know if you've had uh, Raymond for hanging on we have, about yeah. Arsenal in the we last have, yeah. few weeks. But we did, yeah, yeah, he just nails it every time. That This yeah. is every single season on repeat. Oh, it must be an accident. Yeah, it just must be a series of bad luck that could only happen to Arsene Wenger. Can you see Arsenal having any say in the title race between now and the end of the season? No, I think Or are they merely just looking over their shoulder at Everton? I think that they lose this game and I think that they lose at Anfield. At Goodison, you mean? <laughs> they will be in Merseyside next weekend and it's live and off the ball ok so we're all going for City victory I was, I want to find some way I was right they did lose at Anfield I think <laughs> I want to find Arsenal some will way finish fourth to get Arsenal into this game ahead do, of, yeah. I think they'll finish fourth comfortably ahead of Everton and Spurs and Spurs uh, but they won't challenge for the title again I think that, they, that one of those teams will limp over the line That's uh, they, they will all three drop points but that um, I don't know I'd love to see Everton. I'd love to see Everton do it. It'd be amazing for an Irish perspective to have four players in the Champions League. That's if they qualify. Of they course. Have we know what happened the last time. Yeah, but this is a different manager. Or this is if somebody they do, who, this is somebody who's not going to go and look at Villarreal and go, "Ah, they're shite. We'll we'll easily win this one." Yeah, but they will also have a huge problem of losing Barry, losing Lukaku, and they're talking today about having a lot of money to spend in the summer, up on twenty million pounds <laughs> to invest. Yeah. If, they finish fourth and Manchester United win the Champions League that'd be a real bummer was, were you making the point that's not a lot of money on Twitter somebody was making the point that's not a whole heap of money um, but actually if you are intelligent <clears throat> with your money that's quite a lot like they're, they're probably going to get Delafeo back on loan they'll probably be able to sign Barry for nothing it looks like uh, they may well get Lukaku for 10 or 15 million if they give Chelsea the option to buy back at the end of that contract there's, there's a lot of ways they can be quite clever about that and if um, Diego Costa ends up at Stamford Bridge allowing Atletico Madrid to hold on to Thibault um, Courtois. Courtois maybe Lukaku will be let go I think I don't think Jose likes Lukaku he was kind of ragging on him early on in the season yeah and at the time you kind of thought oh he's just trying to fire him up a bit so that yeah. when he comes back he'll have a point to prove but it does actually seem that nah I don't, I don't, I don't rate this guy yeah Alright, so you're all going for City wins. I think I am too. I'm going to go for a draw. As unsalivating as it sounds, um, I just think it's the only particular Is there option. such a thing as unsalivating? This result could be well be unsalivating. What is the word I was looking for? I don't know. Unappealing? No. Unappetising? No, there's an S in there somewhere. Maybe one of our listeners can tweet me, at off the ball, tell me what the word exactly no, no, was no, that no, I was seeking. Don't pollute the off the ball. <laughs> at Dave McIntyre NT. Okay, before we all go... Uh, we're getting into the, the business end of the season. Who's going to win the league, Ger? City. City. I think Chelsea will win the league, although Liverpool are getting eerily close. Well, the big, without adding an extra five minutes to this, two main things with Liverpool. Manchester City at home, the 25th anniversary of Hillsborough, the atmosphere at Anfield that afternoon. I'm extremely jealous that you're going to be there and not me. And then... The Chelsea match coming right in the middle, possibly, of two Champions League semi-finals. For Chelsea. 
for Chelsea. See, I think PSG are going to beat Chelsea. But um, uh, another one. Why didn't Arsenal sign Kabai? Imagine having Kabai. Well, they did try. I don't know if Kabai is the Not answer. in the most recent window, but back in, end of in the last, last window. window yeah. They now have somebody good in midfield and Lord Do Grammy. they need another midfielder like no, Yohan Kabai? But they, well, who, Surely he would just compliment all the players that they have there at the moment. Who are all out injured. Every well, single last one of their good players he, are out injured. Kabai I'm telling you, it's going to be Flamini, Rizicki, Mikel Arteta. No, he's way better than Arteta. He's totally Arteta is one of Arsenal's biggest problems. There's just nothing to him whatsoever. I think he's vastly overrated as well. Like Just because he's Spanish. The Arsenal fans... Poor man's Gareth Barry to like him. I don't know how where how you're in a situation where Gareth Barry has suddenly become one of the most sought after midfielders in the Barclays Premier League. Maybe this Rafa guy Benitez was, was right all along. He was run out of the Etihad Stadium for being useless, and yet he seems to be one of the key cornerstones to Everton's renaissance. I don't really understand how it's happened. Good management, Dave. Roberto Martinez, good manager. Better yes. than David Moyes. Lads, thanks for your company. Stay tuned all through Off the Ball tonight. It's Friday. We're with you at 7 and of course from 2 to 6 tomorrow and then to 1 to 6 on Sunday afternoon. Nathan is at Craven Cottage. We've got Fulham hosting Everton and as Nathan said earlier, Damon Duff will be grilled by Keith Andrews and then I'm at Anfield for Tottenham's visit to Merseyside. Liverpool hosting Tottenham. Kevin Kilban is alongside me. Have a good weekend. Oh, 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 oh,